So potentially John Torchio and Chase Wolf are coming back next year. Why? I think that's awesome. Why? Badger fans, I think, are looking at this the wrong way. We're going to talk about that plus more in today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. As always, your team every single day. As always, really appreciate everybody tuning in, everybody listening. Um, y'all are awesome. And let's right, get right into it. So it looks like uh, Chase Wolf, the quarterback, is coming back for a sixth year. And it looks like potentially John Torchio is as well. Both of these players were players that said they were would be moving on at the end of this year. Um, obviously, the season's been all sorts of weird roller coasters for them. Um, new coaching staff's coming in. Torchio specifically threw a ton of support behind Jim Leonard, so it, it made sense that he would be moving on. Chase Wolf didn't have much of a path to playing time, and it's been a lot of the year hurt. It made sense that he would be moving on. But it looks like Chase Wolf is all but confirmed he's coming back. Uh, Luke Fickle referred to Chase Wolf as having unfinished business. And now Torchio has kind of walked back his his commitment to, to leave after this year and said, well, it's something I'm going to mull over. So I tend to think when somebody's kind of walking it back, that means, you know, he's probably talked to Luke Fickle. Uh, they probably want him to stick around. You know, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they both came back. And it was interesting to me, the initial reaction I got from a lot of Badger fans, both kind of in our Discord, just seeing him, it was like, ugh, I don't know. Just go, right? It was kind of like, a, I, don't, I don't know. And it, that's based on the fact that Chase Wolf um, is certainly not the quarterback of the future. And the safety group is really deep. And people are ready to see that young crop. But listen, a couple of things. I think it's awesome. If you get them both back, it's awesome. Let me just start with, I don't want to bury the lead here. More depth is always good. Okay. Let's just be super real. More depth is always good. So that's that's where I would start with. But the other thing I want to hit on here is I think it bodes really well for Luke Fickle has really kind of won that locker room over, right? Because Torchio Wolf, both guys that have been in the program for a long time, both had heavy ties to Paul Chris, Jim Leonard. And, you know, Torchio specifically, basically, he came out and said, you know, you'd be an idiot not to hire Jim Leonard. And to have them kind of both pull back, it tells you that behind the scenes, Luke Fickle is real with these these players and that he's won that locker room. We saw the same thing with Braylon Allen. Like, Braylon Allen came back and said, yeah, I'm super excited about next year now that I've talked to Luke Fickle. I know the vision. So what that tells you is that Luke Fickle has sold his vision to these players, and they're ready. They're, they're all in. Michael Fortney did the same thing. He came back too. Marcus Allen came back. Like, this is all a really good sign about the, the current players buying into what Luke Fickle is selling, which I think is super important in the coaching transition. But the other thing I'd say is, like, going back to my first point of depth, you know, next year the quarterback room, barring somebody else coming in, a Brendan Armstrong that we've talked about a lot, barring somebody else coming in, they have three years of college experience on the entire roster, right? Nick Evers has a redshirt year. Miles Burkett has a redshirt year. And Marshall Howe has a redshirt year. That's it. So it's not that Chase Wolf has a ton of in-game reps, right? But he does have five years of college experience, okay? Five, five years of um, practice experience, of life experience, of knowing how to be a teammate, of knowing how to prepare for, for games, of seeing film, of understanding the requirements of being on really good teams and on being on some not-so-really-good teams. Like, that, that's invaluable experience for a quarterback room that without him, and again, barring someone else coming in, is exceptionally green. Okay, I, 
I don't think you want to go into next year without an experienced guy in that room. And that experienced guy doesn't have to be the starter. He doesn't have to be the backup, but he can be a voice of, I've seen this, and this is how you practice. I've been around great players. This is what they've done, right? I've been involved in big games. This is how we prepared. I saw this on film. Like, that's invaluable stuff. And everything we've heard from about Chase Wolf, just anecdotally, and I don't think I pronounced that correctly, but I'm going to move on. Um, but everything we've heard about him is really good teammate. You know, somebody who's always putting in the work. He's he's ready. And quite frankly, he wasn't terrible in the bowl game either. 16 to 26 um, would have been better with, if not for a couple drops. Did have a terrible interception. He did have a fumble. But that's not the worst option in the world if that's your your number two or your number three guy. Okay, it's just not. A lot of programs, and we know this better than anybody, struggle to find a number one. So if Chase Wolf is your number two, number three, that's fine. And he brings experience. He brings depth. He brings another arm. He understands this game just because he's been around it for years and years and years. I think it's a big time, not a big time pickup. That's that's overselling it. But I, I wouldn't dismiss it. And I certainly wouldn't be upset if he came back. I think it would be important for the depth. And I think it would help that room. The other thing I see Badger fans talking about is, well, geez, he's not going to be the starter, is he? Or he's not. Listen, Luke Fickle's coming in with a new offense, a new quarterback's coach, right? It's an all-new ecosystem. Nobody's being handed anything next year, okay? You don't have to worry about Chase Wolf being handed the job based on seniority. That's not happening. I know in the past with Chris, there there has been elements of that. We've seen it. Like, I, I'm not going to get into particular names, but we can talk about we could if we wanted to. There are players that have played because they were seniors, they were juniors, over players that probably should have been getting more reps. Okay, That's something that Paul Chris did. And it probably endeared him to the locker room to some degree as well. Like I'm not saying that's all a bad thing or all a good thing, but that's nothing's going to be handed to Chase Wolf next year. So you don't have to worry about that. And by some miracle, and I, I do think it would be almost a miracle that he came in next year and he competed, he won the job. Well, then you're darn sure happy he came back, right? Because that means Nick Evers isn't ready, Cole Cruz not ready, and Miles Burkett isn't ready. So I just don't see any downside in him coming back. And I only see good things. I only see positives. He's not going to come back saying, I'm the starting quarterback or I'm going to cause a locker room division, right? Nobody in the locker room is, is siding with Chase Wolf over Phil Longo if that happens. So I wouldn't stress it. I would hope he comes back, and I would hope they would keep adding to the room. It's the most important spot on the chessboard. You can't have too many pieces there. So – yeah, I was pretty excited when I heard that because I think the depth is important and I think he would help the room grow. The other one is Torchio. Torchio is super interesting to me because I, I've just I've been talking about the depth at safety, how excited I am at that spot, the future of that position for a long time, right? I love Austin Brown, the physical four-star kid. They, that last year, we we all love Hunter Wohler, the in-state four-star kid. By the way, he he totally looks the part. Kamoila, too, was a steal in the transfer portal last year. He's fast, physical. Then you're bringing in Braden Moore, the four-star. Amari Snowden might be a safety, the four-star. Um, Travion Blaylock's coming back. He would have been a starter this year, right? Preston Zachman is a physical young player. And then suddenly if you throw Torchio back in the mix, again, people kind of go back to that same quarterback's um, worry that they're worried Torchio is going to be handed a spot and all these young players are going to be stunted. Again, Luke Fickle, the staff, isn't going to hand anybody anything, right? It is going to be competition across the board. And Iron sharpens iron. More competition is better. More depth is better. And Torchio is a good player. You can't have too many good players. And I understand he has some physical limitations if we're talking elite safety measurables. He does, right? He's not a 4-4 guy. 
he can get caught behind tight ends. Uh, but he is a guy with five interceptions this year. I think seven in his career. A lot of starting experience. A guy who's going to, again, understand what I talk about with Chase Wolf. It's the same thing, right? A guy that's going to understand film study, preparation, the value of being a good leader, right? And what can those young safeties in that room soak up from that? Think about the benefit from uh, Braden Moore or Amari Snowden or Preston Zachman or Austin Brown having another year of soaking up kind of that leadership um, and, and learning how to be that that pro's pro from Torchio. So I think on both these cases, I love it. Like, A, more depth is always good. More leadership is good. And especially in Torchio's case, he's a good player. He's, he's absolutely a good player. He's not an elite safety. He's not a first-team All-Big Ten guy. He's not a future NFL um, high draft pick unless his measurables tick up. But he is a good Big Ten safety, and you can't have too many good players. You can't have too much good depth. And again, it's not going to be handed to him next year. You know, the Badgers are probably going to play if if all these guys come back. I would expect to see some players, maybe a player or two transfers too, because then you got a log jam at safety. But maybe a guy like Al Ashford moves to cornerback. Maybe um maybe they start playing a lot more three safety, and you get uh, rotations with maybe a Torchio, um, Hunter Wooler, and Austin Brown on the field at the same time, or Kamoi Latou is in that mix. So. I think you'll see more rotations, but again, the depth can't be undersold. It's a long season. You lose players. And next year, if you can bring in a Chase Wolf or bring back, I shouldn't say, I should say bring back, not bring in, bring back a Chase Wolf, right? Bring back a Michael Furtney, bring back a Marcus Allen, bring back a John Torchio. You just insulated those positions with more depth for when those injuries do occur, because we know they're going to come. No, no position in football goes unscathed for the year, right? So, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited about it again, big picture, because it means people are buying into Luke Fickle, right? The vision, the messaging, and those those positions, you can always have more depth. Um, Torcho's a good player, and the quarterback room needs experience. So I'm all about it. Let me know in the comments if you don't like it, but I, I honestly don't see the downside. I really don't. Um, coming up, we're going to talk about a lot of – so we talked about some of the players potentially coming back, right? Torch, the werewolf. Um, that's, that's the name I started calling Chase Wolf. Now it's in my head. I, I say it even when I don't mean to say it. Um, but let's talk about some of the players leaving. Which six players in order is Wisconsin going to miss the most off of this year's team? Uh, who are they going to have the hardest time replacing? We're going to talk about that next on Locked On Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college, bowl season, basketball, World Cup. We've got it all on betonline.net. If you love the sports podcast, you'll find it there as well. Fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Um, and again, something I use for live in-game betting, futures betting. I've talked about it a lot. You know, it's, it's if you have a, an inkling on something you like, if you have a feel, right, go ahead, get on bet online and, you know, take, take, I don't know, maybe take uh, the Memphis to win the NBA finals. If that's where your feel is, if you're a John Moran, Desmond Bain kind of guy, you know, that's, you could make a worse pick there. Do it responsibly, but it's a lot of fun. Head to the website today, grab your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
All right, I want to thank everybody again for tuning in to Locked On Badgers, making this one of your first listens. I really do appreciate you all so much. When you're done here, go check out, go check out Locked On Sports today. All the biggest news stories of the day in one spot, like only the Locked On Network can provide. All right, let's keep this going. Uh, we talked about, again, some of the players may be coming back. Let's talk about some of the players leaving. Who are we going to miss most? I, I pulled my six up here. More players than that are leaving. But I have six players um, that I feel like we're going to miss the most. I'm going to start in reverse order. Let me know in the comments if you think you agree with this order, disagree with it. Again, I'm here for discussions. If if we disagree, I think it's awesome. It, you know, it, Disagreeing respectfully is one of the best things you can do. It makes you defend your point. makes you think of other people's perspectives. So if you disagree, let me know. We'll chop it up. We'll put your comments up. Uh, number six, I have Jay Shaw. Now, I don't think Jay Shaw lived up to the preseason hype. But I also think he was a steady contributor at a position that's incredibly hard to find, right? If you talk about modern football, what are the what are the hardest positions outside of quarterback? Quarterback's always the chess piece that you're looking for. He's, that's that's the king on the board. But aside from that, you're looking for a left tackle, right? A pass rusher, a dominant receiver, and a corner. Those are the hardest positions to find. Those because the, they all impact the passing game. And you know, Jay Shaw again, not not a great season, I wouldn't say but a solid steady player in the secondary and somebody that ate up a lot of reps and more or less, you know, had pretty consistent play, had an interception in the bowl game. Um, it's again, I don't think that's an irreplaceable loss, but I do think you, when you lose an experienced corner who played a lot had a lot of experience, that's not always a ready made replacement behind him. So there's young players that are going to have to step up that position. There is some depth there that I'm interested to see, but yeah, Jay Shaw is going to be one that they're going to have to replace. All right, number five, and this one breaks my heart, y'all, uh, Isaac Rendo. Now, yeah, Isaac Rendo statistically is not going to be that difficult for Wisconsin to replace. Um, Phil Longo is going to be just fine there. There's depth in this team uh, from Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi coming back. I'm interested to see what Nate White potentially could do in his first year in this system, but Grendo will always, I'll always be a little sad over how they used him this year. Right. I, I, I will never get over it. And people have listened to this show for a long time, you know, uh, know that I wax poet poetically about uh, Isaac Garendo. But the fact of the matter is that's a 220 pound athlete that runs a four, four, and I'm going to miss him. You know, I, he should have been used so much more this year, especially considering this offense was struggling that we needed a spark. The fact that they just, it seeming seemingly struggled to find ways to use an incredibly big plus athlete boggles my mind. It will, boggle my mind to the rest of my days but he moved on as well going to the transfer portal wish him well uh number four joe titman so not uh, titman you know isn't a guy who played a ton of football outside of this year started 10 10 games this year honorable mention all big 10 i think he's better than that i think he got shafted a little bit on the all big 10 list you know there's some nfl draft scouts i was looking on twitter really really high on some of the the size and athleticism and the power that titman has Really good player. And it's been an offensive line that's been a little bit bereft of inter interior guys, a lot more tackle bodies. I think we have more replacements on the edges. I think next year, you know, Bordellini um, probably fits in there. But Tittman's definitely, you know, big shoes to fill there. Started 10 games, mobile center, um, powerful at the, at the point, and um, definitely a player that is, is going to be, uh, again, much like Jay Shaw, but a better version, right? A player that is not irreplaceable, but a really good, consistent, starter that is going to need to be replaced and those those backups aren't always ready made so that's going to be interesting to see next year center obviously a pivotal spot on the offensive line uh, number three Andy Bujovic and 
he was awesome in the bowl game. He's been more or less awesome for two years outside of a weird um, couple blips in the Ohio State game this year where he had, much like the entire Wisconsin Badgers team, just couldn't get anything going in that Ohio State game. But Vooch has been great. Uh, he's been absolutely great. Career uh, 44.5 uh, average on his punts, which, by the way, would make him number one in Wisconsin history if he had enough punts to qualify. He, did, he doesn't have the number to qualify, but that's how good he's been, how consistent he's been. And in what has been really, uh, I would say for a couple of years, special teams hasn't been that great. Like place kicking, uh, field goal kicking has been really inconsistent. The coverage units have been okay. The return units haven't been good at all. You know, Vuj has really been kind of a steadying force for the entire special teams unit. Like there's at least that one bedrock uh, lighthouse that special teams can hang their hat on. And he flipped the field consistently. We've never had any of those crazy um, dropped punts like um, in previous regimes in big moments. So yeah, he's going to be missed. Plus, how cool is it to see him going out? Uh, had the fake uh, had the fake punt conversion against Oklahoma State in the bowl game. That was a lot of fun. But really, really consistent, steady punter and somebody that I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do next year at that spot. If they're going to try to go find somebody in the portal, obviously Vuge was a, a transfer to Wisconsin, so Wisconsin has gone that route before. Different staff, of course, but maybe they try to kind of go that same route to fill the void next year. But having a, a steady, consistent punter is an incredibly important part of having a successful football team. So definitely going to miss Vuj as he moves on. Uh, number two, and here's, I think you could argue either way on this one. So I'm curious where you guys go with it. Number two, I'm going Keanu Benton. And I love Keanu, right? Benton has been a four-year contributor, rock solid in the middle of that, that defensive line and that 3-4 defense. Um, somebody who is not just a, a run plugger either, right? He's going to the NFL. He's going to get drafted because he also shows disruptive ability. He showed that early, by the way, in his career, even, even against big-time opponents. Ohio State had troubles with him. You know, he was able to get pressure right up the gut. He's a unique player, a physically developed, strong, uh, one of the leaders of this team. And again, one of those dudes that we don't, we don't have a replacement for him on the roster right now. I mean, Gio Paez looked, I thought, really good against Oklahoma State. He's not Keanu Benton. And behind him, they don't have any more 320-pound, 350-pound dudes that can just clog up the middle, that can really hold that point when necessary, especially against a power team, which you still play in the Big Ten, right? So he's a big loss. And I don't know how they replace it. I mean, next year, it'll be Gio Paez, Curtis Neal. I would love for them to get Jamel Howard still, but he's probably not going to be ready to play next year. He's a high schooler that would develop into that role. Maybe there's another player in the transfer portal they can bring in to kind of help fill those shoes. But you even just look at it from a depth standpoint. Let's say uh, Gio Paez, you know, comes in and gives you 80% of what Keanu Benton did. But what if he gets hurt, right? That's, that's again, where you, you almost need a couple guys on the roster that can cover down at any spot. And right now, Wisconsin's pretty light there. So Keanu Benton's going to be a big loss. We're definitely going to miss him. And then number one, uh, if you've been following along, you probably guessed is Nick Herbig for me. I don't say, I'm not saying Herbig is a better player than Benton. What I, what I would say when I was looking at this list is he's a harder player to replace than Benton because if he – again, going back to my very first point about Jay Shaw, what are the the premium positions in college football, right? Edge rusher is one of those those premium spots. Nose guard isn't. It's easier to find a guy to fill in, to, to play in the middle of a 3-4 than it is to find a guy who can get 10 sacks in the Big Ten. And that's what, what Herbig was. You know, last year he had nine sacks. This year he had 11. So 20 over the last two years. Led the Big Ten in sacks this year. That's that's hella, hella hard to replace, right? And I don't know who on the roster you would even look at right now and say, who's your best pass rusher on the roster next year? 
I mean, I'm pausing so everyone can kind of think about it. I don't, I don't know if I have a great answer. Uh, is it Daryl Peterson? Maybe. Is it one of the inside linebackers? I, I know MoMA, you know, kind of came on strong. Uh, Scott's a big fan of his and what he was doing at the end of the year. Maybe. I don't think he's twitchy enough. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought Turner would be a little more disruptive this year with his athleticism. I didn't think that always flashed. Now, again, these players are still young. They're still developing. And people have made a very good point that, you know, players, especially at that position, have developed over the course of their time in Wisconsin. And often you don't guess who those players are going to be until they break out. But I think Herbie is really hard to replace for this team right now. And that's probably a spot that, again, you look at the transfer portal. Can they bring in another edge? Can they bring in somebody to provide some pressure? Because they just didn't have a lot of sidekicks for them on the edges here. It really was Herbig, Benton, and then a kind of a question mark as to who would disrupt the pocket. Both those guys are gone. Huge, huge holes to fill. Yeah, and that's no different than any other team. Every team is going to have a couple guys where you really have to scratch your head and say, how are they going to replace them? I should say every team outside of like an Ohio State, Bama, Georgia. Um, but this is for Wisconsin. I think it's Herbig, it's Benton. And then it's it's a couple of players like Vuge, Tipman, Isaac Grendo, Jay Shaw that I think are probably a little easier to replace. All right, coming up. I'm going to talk a little bit more about, uh, and again, let me know in the comments what you know, what you think about, or if I missed somebody, somebody that you think should be on that list that I didn't put on there. Let me know. Coming up, we're going to talk a, a few more takeaways from the bowl game. Some of the young players that I saw that I was pretty excited about, plus a little, to me, it felt like um, where I saw Luke Fickles, maybe his imprint the most. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by the NHTSA. And this is something we've talked about quite a bit. Um, just be safe. Be safe, come home to the people that you need to go home to and, and make sure everyone else goes home to the people that they need to go home to. So you're hanging out with friends, putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but nah, you're good. You live nearby. You, you make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, lose your license, lose your job, total your car. Maybe you kill somebody. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, I want to thank everybody again for tuning into Lockdown Badgers. I say that a lot, but... Um, I don't want to lose sight of how grateful I am for all of y'all tuning in for the community we're building. So very appreciative of that. Um, really quickly, one housekeeping note. We did our, our big show giveaway. Um, Dan Stewart, I don't have your address for your prize. Um, so if you're listening to this, if I missed it, I might you might have sent it to me. I missed it, which I apologize for. Uh, so Dan Stewart, you won the TJ Edwards autograph. Um, if you can, read DM me either on Twitter or the Discord. Send me your address. I'll get that sent off to you. All right, let's finish up here. I wanted to talk a little bit more because we did have a football game yesterday, uh, last one of the year, which is crazy to me. A few more things that I saw that I thought was interesting. And the, the biggest one was, I don't think, like some people talked about, they, they thought they saw maybe some of Phil Longo's concepts in there. The offense was a little more wide open. I thought there were some bowl wrinkles, but there's bowl wrinkles every single year, right? I thought this was still, it still felt like an Ingram Christ offense to me with some, with some bowl wrinkles, which again happened, Every single year when you have a couple years or a couple weeks of practice to put some unique, interesting twists in. But what I did think that maybe we saw a little bit of Fickle's influence on was uh, game management, kind of 
kind of that situational football, which I felt like under Paul Christ had really become maybe one of the most glaring weaknesses of his tenure in recent times. I thought some of what we saw, you remember the Minnesota kerfuffle last year where we sent the punt team in, took a penalty, then decided we needed to go for it and burned the timeout and then went for it. You remember the Army game not going for two, multiple punts uh, in situations where it almost defies logic punting. You had um, the situation against Ohio State where you declined a penalty that gave Ohio State, ended up giving Ohio State the ball like the 40-yard line on a punt. It's just ridiculous things that we've seen that should never happen from a high-level coaching staff. And what I saw in yesterday's game, I, I really liked. So you obviously have the fake punt from the 34. Um, it feels like that's a bit of more of an aggressive swing. Uh, but I, I really liked the timeout Wisconsin took. So I, Oklahoma State uh, was backed up right before the second half ended. Uh, Wisconsin took a timeout with about 30 seconds left to try to get the ball back. It felt like to me in that situation, I'm not sure if Paul Chris does that. And I, those little edges, you can't, you have to take advantage of every little thing all around the margins, right? And if it means potentially getting another possession, I think Luke Fickle is going to help Wisconsin improve in those areas, areas that were Paul Chris, I thought, excuse me, was starting to slip a little bit. Um, another one I really liked, uh, fourth and one in the third quarter, Wisconsin's up 17 to seven. So Wisconsin's pretty firmly in control at this point. This is before. Oklahoma State kind of rallying. They're up 17 to 7. It's fourth and one from the Oklahoma State 47. I feel like Paul Chris punts in that situation. I feel like he says we have a 10-point lead. Our defense is playing great. We're gonna punt. We're gonna pin them. We're gonna play berry ball for for lack of a better term. And you know, we went for it. Trust or not trust. Geez. Luke Fickle went for it, got it on the Chesmalusi dive. Now we didn't get points out of that drive, but I like that mentality. Like, don't be so eager to give the ball back to the other team. I think we're going to see an uptick in the situational coaching football under Luke Fickle. Um, so I, I was excited to see that. And then the other thing I was excited to see is uh, the young players. It's always fun to see bowl season. You saw JT Seagreaves. You know, you saw Joe Bruner. You saw uh, Avion Jones. You saw um, TJ Bowlers out there. Avion Jones, by the way, is somebody that's interesting to me because he absolutely looks the part of a Luke Fickle defensive back. So I'm excited to see him play more. Um Joe Bruner looks looks like a dude already. He looks like a physically developed interior lineman. Um, I'm excited to see him. Joe Bruner, sorry. And then the other one is Julius Davis made an appearance. And he's not a young guy, but he's played so little. I was excited to see him. He caught a ball in the flag, got nine yards, made actually kind of a nice nice move in the open field. Didn't quite get the first down. That was right before halftime. But I'm um, excited to see all those players. I think of, of that group, uh, Bruner, Avion Jones, and JT Seagreaves all have high, high upsides. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to say that I took anything out of watching Auntie in a very limited amount of reps, but I can say all of those players looked the part. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do next year. JTC groups, maybe especially. You're talking about a former multi sport track guy, basketball guy, now playing exclusively tight end. We're going to open it up more, create mismatches. He's the kind of guy to track next year. Just keep it in the back of your head. I think he could be really good at Wisconsin as kind of that, that, dangerous pass catching tight end at red zone threat for Wisconsin and Phil Longo. And with that, we're going to wrap it up Uh, again. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Y'all are awesome. Let's keep it going on Wisconsin.